You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Well, hey, Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Eve. Eve, welcome to Becoming Me. It is such an honor to be here, Emily. Thank you for asking me. Well, the honor is mine. And literally, y'all, I told Eve before we recorded her story, when I get on your Instagram, I'm just so excited. Like, I love seeing everything you post. Like, you're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for saying that. I love that I have one fan. <laughs> I, I'm like going to cheer you on with every fiber in my being. That's for sure. So well, that's I'm one just- of the reasons why I love you though, because you cheer on all women and fewer things in life bring me more joy than women cheering mm-hmm. on other women. And you have been not only a cheerleader, but a supporter your words are kind and loving. And I think we can all learn from you how we can treat one another. So thank you. You've been, you've been an inspiration for sure. Well, thank you. You inspire me. You know, we're, we're just so excited. I've been diving in, but if someone didn't know who Eve was, like, who is Eve? Introduce who you are. Wow. How long do I have? (laughs) You got, I got all day. Let's go. So I, live five miles west of West Philadelphia, born and raised for the first 21 years of my life. And I had a dream to become a professional storyteller, a journalist. I remember at 10 running around my house with a hairbrush and Lisa Thomas Laurie came on Action News, Channel 6 in Philadelphia, and I wanted to be her. And from that moment on, I had a goal. And I remember interning at Action News when I was a senior in college, and I got to meet Lisa Thomas Laurie, and I, I got to tell her what an inspiration she was to me. And it was really amazing. I worked with her, I interned, I got her coffee, I ripped her scripts, and she was as eloquent and beautiful and kind that I had always dreamed. And so I went on this journey to become a storyteller and a journalist. Mm-hmm. And I did that for many, many years. And I can remember, I think that there was a lot of that ambition and energy that was very Mm self-reliant. If I go back a little bit, I was born in a very big Italian Catholic family. And my mother wanted to serve at this particular parish and she wasn't allowed because she was a woman. Mm -hmm. And so she left the church and became an ordained Assemblies of God minister. Wow. That's awesome. It really impacted my heart. And I thought, wow, my mom can do that. Then I can do anything. And I think at first the Italian wild and crazy family that I have thought she was nuts. But after years of really listening to my mom, she ended up marrying many of them, baptizing their babies. And it just became a really beautiful story. So fast forward to now it's time for me to build a career. I just saw that she could do anything that I could be anything. So I went from station to station, moved my way up the ladder. I won an Emmy. I was just so focused on my career. 
And as I was climbing the ladder and looking at the view, I was like, wow, this is like really nothing that I thought it would be. I just thought it would be so fulfilling. And I remember just being self-reliant, self-reliant. I had this misconception, Emily, and I don't know if you can relate to this or not. I'm sure there are people that can, that through hard work, through discipline, through work ethic, you can really accomplish anything and do everything. And maybe a part of that's true, but it wasn't until I met my future husband, the weatherman at the station and we fell in love. And six months later we were married and started to go to church together again. And I started to recommit my life to Christ that I realized Mm -hmm. I really can't do anything without God. So I shifted in my late twenties from being Eve reliant to God reliant. And that's when my life really started. And I started to volunteer at the church and I started their drama team and their video team and their communications team. And then about a year and a half after marriage, the weatherman, I got pregnant with my son and we looked at each other and we're like, raise your hand who's going to get out of television because we were there from seven in the morning until after the 10 o'clock news in Missouri, where we met in Cape Girardeau. And I raised my hand and I said, I'll exit stage. Right. And I told my pastor, he said, Eve, we've been praying for months. You'd come on staff. And so I went on staff in 1999 and worked in church ministry at some of the fastest growing churches in the country until two years ago when I retired from ministry after, you know, 20 some years and wrote a book. But I was able to come to Nashville when my son was just a few weeks old. My husband was born and raised in Nashville and he got a job in weather here and we moved here. And then I started working at some churches and then he and I helped with a team of 30 people start Cross church in Nashville. And so I worked there until I retired from ministry, as I like to say, I'm like Michael Jordan, this is my first retirement. I'll come back out of retirement. I'm sure. And that's really my journey, my story. And I just remember making a concerted effort to, with every decade, and I'm still on this journey, of course, not only did I move from self-reliance to God-reliance, I started to move in my thirties, the next decade from being obedient to man to obedient to God. And that's when the transformation really began. And again, every decade, because there's been several since then, I feel like I'm starting to understand. Mm. I'm always like, at my age, don't we just all know everything by now, right? I mean, how can we even make mistakes? But we do, and I do personally, daily basis. So as I adjust each decade and just Mm. get closer to closer, I realize that I really can't do anything without God. And my relationship with Jesus is everything. And I can remember when my mom was in hospice in 2014 and she looked at me and she said, it's just Jesus and me. And I thought, wow, the end of her life, she's Mm. just Jesus and me. And she wrote her own eulogy and she only wanted us to talk about how Jesus impacted her life while she was in the prison ministry, while she did after school programs in the projects of Philadelphia. And I wasn't going to honor that. We were going to write about how wonderful and great she was, regardless of her dying wish. 
sadly, but we decided to read her little paragraph about how it's all about Jesus. And I often think about her legacy. And I think about that. I did an interview with her, of course, as a journalist right before she went to heaven. And I remember asking her, what's your legacy? And I was certain that she was going to talk about all the amazing accomplishments in her life and everything that she did in her, in her servant's heart. And she said, my legacy is for my children to know Jesus, their children, and a thousand generations. Wow. And the older I get, Emily, the more I realize there is no better legacy. And mm -hmm. I want to do that. And so when Jackie and I came together and I had this idea about a devotional, I thought, let's begin. Let's begin to teach generations and generations mm -hmm. after us about Jesus. And at the end of the day, it's just Jesus and me. Oh, that's beautiful. Like, I love that. And now, you know, I want to pause here for a moment. Um, tell us a little bit about the devotional too. And if somebody was interested in it, like how they could learn from your devotional to rely on Jesus and live out this, it's just Jesus and me, truth and reality. Yes. Thank you. So hearing God speak, it's a 52 week interactive Enneagram devotional. And each week you get the scripture and then I wrote the devotional and then Jackie Brewster mm -hmm. who's been on this show and a dear friend of yours yes. is an Enneagram expert and extraordinaire. And she wrote after each week for all nine numbers, how to reflect that scripture into mm -hmm. their lives. And then there's daily meditations and questions every week and journal space. It's kind of right there behind my head. Mm -hmm. And so that was a dream that we had, and it was such a great transition for me to go from ministry, right? Because I was a storyteller. Then I got yeah. to tell the best story of all, the one where Jesus comes and changes your life and meets you exactly where you are in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I always like to tell people that the dog eat dog television world, the very difficult, challenging, competitive world of television prepared me for about 30% for ministry. <laughs> especially planning a church, helping to plant a church. We had a huge team of people that knew what they were doing and great supporters, but that isn't for the faint of heart. I loved every minute of it, but I think it was time to turn a corner and writing this was just so fulfilling and just such a dream. And we couldn't have done it without God. And I think I was in the moment ready spiritually I think also emotionally and physically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, all of that. But it's interesting because mm -hmm. we wrote the devotional right as the pandemic started. And once again, learning lessons at my age, I was realizing I'm out of control, that there is mm -hmm. a God of the universe in control. And we're wiping down our groceries, remember, and cleaning oh, everything. Yeah staying inside. I had this big calendar and it was the four of us, my husband, my son, my daughter. And I just felt so out of control. Mm -hmm. As an Enneagram eight, many of you can relate to that. That's very difficult because my job, I feel like I was put on earth to protect my family and yeah. to fight for them. And I was out of control. And so I, mm -hmm. I was learning as we were going through racial divide, as we were going through the, the pandemic and the epidemic and everything that was going yeah. through this world with 
all of the political division, everything going on. And I realized, wow, Eve, you're just, once again, you're just not in control. But it was such a profound moment to write a book and to dig into scripture and to research because I was reminding myself as I was writing the words, Mm. again, it's just Jesus and me at the end of the day. It's just Jesus and me. And I just sometimes forget, right? We're all Israelites at the end of the day, right? And we're making those same mistakes and like manna is coming from heaven and we're just tired of manna. We want fish and Mm -hmm. and everything else. And so I was was reminded again, do not be self-reliant, be God-reliant. Do not Mm -hmm. obey man, obey God. It makes you less popular. Yeah. It makes you more of a target, but it's so much more fulfilling. It grants you more peace and certainly grants you more joy. I love how you unpacked that. And I also love that you have these themes for different decades because we're always learning. We're always becoming right. And so I can, I'm picking up on themes in my decades so far as well. And I love the theme of, you called it the, the Eve reliance and now the God reliance. Right. And if somebody else was kind of sitting in that spot and they were, cause that it's a very real cultural theme. Like you can do whatever you set your mind out to do, which you can pursue. But to your core, you've got to rely on God. So how can we make that shift to move from Emily reliance to God reliance? Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Before I answer that, what are you learning in your decade? Do tell. Oh, okay. So I want to hear. I want to lean in. I turned 30 last year. So I've like got the 20s and the 30s, right? And I feel like 20s was very much discovering who Emily was. Um, I'm going into my twenties. I thought it was a lot about graduate college, get a ring on the finger, but pursue all the career goals and maybe have kids by 28, 29, right? Like your normal, normal timeline. And I, I think I went into my twenties thinking it was about the, what, like what I would be doing and looking back it was not about the what all of the what's did not happen for me. It was really about the who. And so my twenties was about who is Emily going to be? Who did God design Emily to be? And really coming to terms with who I am. Um, and the Enneagram and the devotional has been a huge part of that for me. Um, cause I had the privilege of getting it in my last year of my twenties. So that was awesome. Right. And so stepping into 30, I had a lot of disappointment that I was wrestling through, um, the not being married at 30, not having kids, figuring out so many things. And so, so far a year into this decade, I'll be 31 in May. Um, I'm learning to hold disappointment and to look at it and to journey through it. And that being disappointed doesn't mean that I'm not strong or not a warrior. Like it's okay to be sad. Um, but real strength is choosing to go through it and discover at a more intimate, deep way who God made me to be in the middle of the pain. Um, and that when the, what doesn't unpack how you thought it would, um, that the new, what that God is writing in your life is maybe even more beautiful than what you thought it would be. So that's a year into 30 so far. That's amazing. I'm receiving all of that. That's <laughs> oh, revolutionary. I love that you're focused on the who. Mm-hmm. Blowing my mind right now. Instead of always focusing on the what or the where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. And I'm an Enneagram one. So like, that's very challenging for me. I love that so much. And then I'm also hearing you talk about how when, now that you're in this decade, that disappointment, that grief. And I have this theory that the older that we get, the mountaintops are higher and the valleys are lower. And it just mm-hmm. seems like there's more grief. Mm-hmm. And just a side note real quickly, cause it reminded me of this because I struggle a lot with grief as well. And I feel like I build systems. Mm-hmm. That's what I've done for my jobs. I always build systems. Yeah. I build teams, I build systems. I think I was trying to build a system around grief. Ooh. And it dawned on me that there is no system around grief. There's only God's word. Mm-hmm. There's only prayer. There's only his arms wrapped around us. Yeah. You can't build a system around it. And then there's also a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of rhetorical questions. Yeah. And it's okay if I don't know the answers. Yeah. And so that just reminded me of that. So I love where you are. And then quick side note, when I turned 30, uh-huh. By the way, such a wonderful, beautiful, amazing year. I literally wrote a list of my VIPs, my VDPs, and my VNPs. Okay. I wrote a list of all my very important people that I, mm-hmm. and it's a small circle, don't mm-hmm. be alarmed, of all the people that I love doing life with, the people that give me energy, the people that sustain me, the, the ride or, and die, right? Oh, yeah. And then I wrote a list of all my VDPs, my very draining people. Ooh. And I wrote a list of all my VNPs, my very needy people. I like and this. I made this concerted effort to just focus on my VIPs because mm. I felt like they were getting the least of me. And I was putting so much energy into these VDPs and these, these VNPs. And by the way, I stole that concept. I heard that on a show many, many years ago, and I stole the concept. It's not my concept. So give credit to the person. I don't remember who said it, but I remember thinking if I'm giving all of this energy to the draining people, the needy people, the sucking the life out of me, I'm wasting all this time. Now, do you love them? Yes. Do you give them a shirt off your back? Yes. Do you love them in Christ? Yes. But we're not being called to spend time with them and energy with them, right? I mean, right. had his wealth. And then he had his three in that group, right? I mean, look at his relationship mm-hmm. with John Peter. And so that's what I did at 30. Ooh, that is powerful. Now, was that your thirties, like your decade or just this specific age? Cause I want to ask now, like what your thirties theme was, or what would you tell your 30 year old Eve? Right. I would tell my 30 year old Eve, it just gets better. Oh, and you realize who you are and whose you are. Mm. You're more comfortable in your skin and you become more mm. assertive. Now I'm in the assertive stance. So I never really had that much <laughs> problems, but I didn't have that many issues with it. But I believe that every decade, you're not only building your relationship with Christ more deeply, you're building the relationship with others more deeply. I have learned that people that are not like me Mm. are okay. Yeah. People that aren't like me are created wonderfully and perfectly and magnificently. It's okay. I always thought, well, people that aren't like me are doing it wrongly or people that don't think like me are thinking 
wrong. And then I realized, no, I'm embracing diversity. I'm embracing people now that think differently. And I would tell my 30 year old self, no, no, no. Everyone's doing the best they can. Everyone's doing it their way. And it's all amazing. So rather than judging them, learn from them. And I think I tell my 30 year old self that, and that it just gets better. It just gets better. You get more wrinkles, you, you, you know, you gain a couple more LBs, you eat a sleeve of Girl Scout cookies, like I just did right before this recording. But that's okay because with every wrinkle comes wisdom and experience, and yeah. you've done it trial and error. So I would pat my 30 year old self on the back and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Emily. I love it. I, I received that, Eve. That's so good. So, you know, with this shift in reliance, right? What would you tell Emily? How, how can Emily move from Emily reliance to that God reliance that you were talking about? I was praying before this podcast and one of my favorite verses that I've been living in for the past couple months is in second Kings six. And if you guys remember second Kings is when Elijah passes the baton to Elijah and he gets a double portion of blessings. And I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if every generation just gets a double portion of blessings. And I think about my ancestors who were immigrants who came over from the boat and they were in poverty and they really only lasted in poverty for one generation. And then they, their children graduated high school and then their children graduated college. And then my cousins have masters and PhDs. And I thought, wow, I wonder, wonder how true and that is to our generation. And then there's this beautiful depiction of when Elijah is in second Kings six going against this army and he looks around and there are angels around him with swords and chariots mm-hmm. and his servant comes up to him and his servants worried. And he prays, God, please let the servant see and the servant's eyes see the angelic army that's surrounding them. And I feel like I would tell all of us, no matter the generation, no matter the age, I would tell you, you have an army of angels in charge. Hmm. The Holy Spirit has given you. And what does that look like? What does your army look like, Emily? What does my army look like? I, I often feel like I want to, you know, t- just kind of talk to them. Like, oh, I feel like I would love to have a conversation with this angel. I'm like, when have you been there most? And and when have I really made you work really, really hard? What what battles have you won? What victories have you won for me? And I feel like everyone sometimes just needs to hear that and see that visual of Elijah and that beautiful spirit army that God provided with the horses and the chariots to protect him. Mm. And we're being protected. Sometimes I just need to go to that visual. I feel like it's just has made just a profound impact on my heart. Just to think of the spirit army as well as the physical fighting for me, Mm. protecting all of us. It's just something that I've been processing over Mm. the last few months. I love that. That's powerful. It clearly gives you this visual shift. Like I would much rather be reliant on God and that than me, because that's a whole lot more powerful than just me. You know, when you really unpack um, what you just shared. So I have another question for you. Are you a coffee drinker? I love coffee. How do you drink your coffee? 
Uh, more like I have coffee in my cream. I'm oh, a, okay. So I don't know, some coffee people right now, like you're not a coffee person, but I love the flavor. Like my favorite ice cream is coffee ice cream. Ooh, yes. so I love the flavor of coffee, but I do. I put that cream, that vanilla cream mm. in there. You know, my son drinks it black. I'm always very, very jealous. Like, oh, I admire that. You know, that's a real I drink it black too. I understand. I'm a wimpy one. But I also love a good vanilla latte, peppermint mocha. So, I mean, I understand. I and truly truth understand. Be told, truth be told, I drink decaffeinated. Really? I do. Mm-hmm. I've been caffeine now for several years. See, that is that's strong right there. Like I need the caffeine still. So I I admire that about you. I have plenty of energy. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, it's just, just something I wanted to do. And then just interesting note, because I drink it to caffeinate it, I don't have to drink it at the same time every day. I don't get a headache. And yeah. so it's it's worked out. But so I'm really that's with cool. you. So vanilla creamer, decaf. Hey boring. <laughs> no. Hey, that's not boring. It's your coffee order, which I love okay. it. All right. So All right. if you were having a cup of vanilla creamer with some decaf coffee yes. you know, and somebody else has a latte, a black cup of coffee, however, they're drinking it. You're sitting at a coffee shop, you're hanging out and they ask you like Eve, I need some help becoming me. What would you say to encourage them to be who God made them to be? First of all, I would remind them that there's nothing wrong with them, that they were made perfectly, magnificently, beautifully. They were crafted the exact way that God wanted. There was no mistake. And I would remind them that with God, they can do all things. And then I would also say becoming you is doing exactly what you're passionate about. Because I feel like the Holy Spirit gives us passions. It stirs our heart. It breaks our heart maybe for something that it breaks God's heart too. Mm. Or you're, you're impassioned which to teach children or everything that you do, you do it with such fervor and passion and joy. I would say becoming you mm. is capturing that passion, going after it in full force. Because I have a sneaky suspicion that that stir in our hearts is given by God. Because remember, we serve the God of the universe, God of all creation, Mm. the maker of heaven and earth. There are no mistakes. What we love, he loves. And I just would say, follow that dream, go Mm. after it, become who God wants you to become. And remember, there are no mistakes. God didn't yeah. make any mistakes. Yeah. So be self-actualizing, go after it. Oh, I love that. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that encouragement for all of us. Um, you know, if somebody wanted to connect with you online or they wanted to buy your devotional, they wanted to continue following your journey, how you're becoming the Eve God made you to be, where can people connect with you online? You can head over to the gram at Woo-hoo. Eve Anuns, if you can spell it. Hats off. We'll, we'll have the link in the show notes too. So you don't have to worry. My last name is Annunziata. I kept my maiden name when I got married. I'm one of those crazy people. Ooh. And I shortened it in half thinking Eve Annuns would be easier, but I don't think it is. 
you can follow me there and you can actually order our book anywhere. Amazon, Target, Walmart, Books a Million, Christian Books, wherever books are sold, you can head over there and dig into the devotional. It's actually a good time of the year to begin a 52 week mm-hmm. journey. Enjoy Absolutely. it. And then let me know, talk to me on the gram. I'm also on Twitter, but I really don't check it if I'm really honest, but DM me and we can chat about the book. Yes. That's amazing. Absolutely. Everybody, we will have the links in the show notes. You can easily follow Eve on the gram by the book. It's amazing. So thank you so much for sharing your story, who you are, who you're becoming. You're such a gift. I really appreciate you. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say you're such a gift to so many of us appreciate this journey. You can tell you're impassioned. You do such a wonderful job. Keep on keeping on. And we're very, very thankful and grateful for you and your ministry. So thank you. Well, thank you, warrior friend. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.